This is Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital channel Carnival. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, Carnival, also via rsn.net.au and the RSN Racing and Sport app. This podcast is also available for download via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, the iHeartRadio website and app, and also at WARFradio.com. This week, we'll do a brief preview of the AFLW Draft, which is beheld Tuesday. Day, October 6th, with Chief Editor at Draft Central, Peter Williams. But first, the latest women's footy news. We begin first with AFLW news and West Coast are on the lookout for a new head coach after their inaugural coach Luke Dwyer stepped aside after just one season. A statement from the Eagles said that Dwyer's decision had come in the face of a challenging environment created by the impacts of COVID-19. That leaves both the Eagles and the Tigers without a head coach as we approach the draft on Tuesday, October 6th. Now, some selections have already been made prior to the draft getting underway on Tuesday, and they are father-daughter selections. Tani Brown, daughter of Gavin Brown, will end up at Collingwood. Alice Burke, daughter of Nathan Burke, will be playing for the Saints. And Amy Smith, daughter of Sean Smith, will be running around for the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. First of all, here's Tani Brown speaking to the Collingwood Football Club website. Uh, yeah, very excited, obviously. Got Callum and Tyler there already and Dad played there, so it's pretty cool to have all three kids at the same club and be able to have the honour of being the first father-daughter at Collingwood too. And here's Weemstown VFLW coach Penny Kula-Reed speaking to us earlier in the year about Amy Smith, who had just played a practice match for the Seagulls against Geelong before, obviously, the VFLW season was scrapped due to COVID-19. Sean has actually been calling me when I was at Collingwood saying, hey, Pen, you know, I'm not biased or anything, but you've got to look at my daughter. Like, she's, she's got a footy brain. She's only played one year because she's come from a basketball background. Um, and when she came to tryouts, I was like, who is this kid? Wow. Doesn't she have some smarts about her? And little did I know, it was Amy Smith. She's just got it. She, ha- she just knows where the footy is. She knows how to move um, around the packs. Over in Europe, the Festival of Football was held over the weekend and some women's tournaments managed to get away, including in Croatia, where the Zagreb Panthers were crowned Croatian women's champions for the day. Port Melmo Lynx were crowned Swedish champions. While unfortunately in Germany, the tournament was abandoned halfway through due to bad weather. And it was also good to see some women's footballers playing in a mixed-gendered match in Austria. Great news there. Unfortunately, no women's football in Ireland or in Great Britain due to their current COVID-19 restrictions. And across the Atlantic to Canada, they're on the lookout for a new head coach for their women's team, the Northern Lights, who of course were due to take part in the International Cup in Australia this year, which was cancelled due to COVID-19. Candice Wand was going to lead them in that tournament. Candice has now stepped aside and they're on the lookout for a new head coach to take them to what should be the International Cup 2021. Full details are on the AFL Canada website. Applications close on October 4th. And that's your latest women's footy news. Time for a scoreboard check from around the various state leagues. Let's begin, first of all, in Queensland, where the QAFLW Grand Final was played on Sunday. And your premiers are Yoronga South Brisbane. 
8-8-56, defeating Cullingatta Tweed 1-3-9. It was just five points the difference at quarter time, and then the Devils put the foot down, putting on six goals, eight to two behinds for the remaining three quarters. Jordan Zanchetta, best of field in that grand final. Let's head across to New South Wales and the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Manly Warringah Wolves 3-2-20, defeated the East Coast Eagles 2-2-14 in the second semi-final. While on the first semi, Southern Power 2-4-6, went down to the Inner West Magpies 4-3-27. That means in the preliminary final, it's the East Coast Eagles versus the Inner West Magpies, the winner to take on Manly Warringah in the grand final in the following week. The preliminary final, 1.20pm Saturday, 3rd of October at Henson Park. Across to the Tasmanian State League Women's Competition, the second last round of the home and away season played over the weekend. Clarence 2-3-15 went down to Launceston 3-7-25. And the Tigers, 1-1-7, were defeated by North Launceston, 6-4-40. Glenorchy with the bye. And just one game for the final round of the season, and it will be North Launceston versus Glenorchy, 11.30am Saturday at Utah's Stadium. Let's continue the scoreboard check by looking in the All-Stars games that were played in WA and NC over the weekend. In WA was the under-18 All-Stars taking on the WAFLW All-Stars. And it was the under-18s that got up with the victory, 4-6-30 over the WAFL All-Stars, 1-7-13. Best players for the under-18s, Rowley, Bennett, Anderson, Morris, Franklin and Wilkie for the WAFLW All-Stars, uh, Haynes, Lowe, Walsh, Holtz, Gartson and uh, Dumanis. Across to the Northern Territory was Team Ponta versus Team Hewitt. And it was Team Ponta that got the chocolates, 5-11-41 over Team Hewitt, 2-1-13. Best players for the Team Ponta uh, were Bush, Baird, Althouse, Whitaker, Burnt and Carbone. For Hewitt, it was uh, Johnston, um, Johnson and Johnson, believe it or not. I'm not talking about uh, competitor G. Johnson, M. Johnson, uh, Perantata, Mary and Fabris. And that is your scoreboard check from around the state leagues. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. You're listening to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel, Carnival. Now, in years gone by, we've normally done a draft series special uh, leading into the AFLW draft with the good people at uh, Draft Central going into detail about what players you need to look out for. Now, things are obviously very different this year, particularly in Victoria, where the NAB League got three games away and then everything was cancelled. And obviously, as you know, by our WARF radio coverage, there was no VFLW this year. So things are very different. And we've left it to the good people at Draft Central 
Sirens.com.au to produce their own series of podcasts. They've got the final Siren podcast, which they go into detail, all the players that you need to know, not obviously from Victoria, but from around Australia that could get picked up from the yeah, great under-18s to maybe one or two of that senior time that's been overlooked in previous years. And we're going to quickly go through what your club might be looking for in the draft come this Tuesday, the 6th of October. And that's what we've got on the line, the chief editor of Draft Central. It's great to have back Peter Williams. Peter, how are you? Yeah, great to be here again. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic time of year, one of my favourite times of year. So definitely um, looking forward to it. Now, just before we quickly go by our quick flyby of what the clubs uh, need coming into this Tuesday's draft, just to give people a bit of an insight, what have you produced in a way of Final Siren podcast specials over the last month or so uh, that fans can hook into if they want to know more about this crop of under-18s that some have not been able to see this year? Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely been different for me. I haven't been able to see any live footy aside for the first three rounds of NAB this year, but... Certainly, like, each week we've been focusing on a state. So we did WA and, um, like, we had Bella Lewis, who's um, a really talented prospect there, um, come on the show. And when we did SA, we chatted to Robbie Neal, the female talent manager over there. And um, and then last week we had Lily Postlethwaite, of course, played for Brisbane, um, came out of this Queensland program the year before. So she was great. Um, and then we've had Victorian prospects as well, Jess Fitzgerald from Northern Knights. She... Um, uh, co-captained them there so she talked about Vic Metro and then for Vic Country our Brooke Hards is a, who's a great talent for Bendigo Pioneers so each week we've sort of had a player on um, just to discuss that group of players and, and sort of go in for each of the players that got a combine invite we've just sort of given a bit of detail into each of them and uh, I guess what makes them so good and um, if you're looking for that kind of player that's, that's probably a, a good place to start we've just sort of got a little bit on each person and um, yeah, and we're also working our way through features at the moment, which will be popping up. Now, for the podcast point of view, just go to your favourite podcast platform, search Final Siren Podcast, and uh, you'll see the AFLW uh, podcast mixed amongst the uh, AFL men's uh, podcasts as well. Just look for that AFLW tag when you're looking for Vic Metro, Queensland Eastern Allies, for example, Waffle Women's and uh, the Sandful W. Uh, as you mentioned, you've got some features coming up as well on uh, afl.draftcentral.com.au, including the only Tasmanian invited to the combo. Combine. Yeah, yeah, that just went live today. So we ch- uh, chatted to Charlie, who uh, Charlie Vandenberg, who's a, a terrific girl. Like she's so um, she's hilarious. She loves it. Um, she's come from hockey, uh, and yeah, got an invite. Wasn't expecting it, um, but yeah, like I've chatted uh, to quite a few over the last few weeks. So um, we're going to have more than eighty uh, sort of profiles up. So pretty much nearly everyone from that draft combine list that we're able to get onto. Um, they'll have a profile up, like we'll have a feature on them. So it'll be, you'll be hearing from them rather than just us telling you about them. So we'll be interviewing them and you'll be able to read about their journey. Okie dokie, let's hook in and have a look at the AFL clubs, uh, the draft picks and what they might be looking for um, come this draft, Tuesday, October 6th. Uh, As we kick off, we should mention that three spots in the draft have gone, but they won't officially say what number spots they are until uh, the draft takes place on Tuesday night. They are father-daughter selections. Uh, Peter, that is Tani Brown, daughter of Gavin Brown, is uh, signed now with Collingwood. Elise 
Burke, or Alice Burke, I should say, um, the daughter of Nathan Burke with the Saints. And uh, uh, one 21-year-old, and that is Amy Smith. She is the daughter of Sean Smith, and she is signed with North Melbourne via Weemstown. She actually didn't get to play with Weemstown this year, obviously, because the VFLW season got wiped out. Yeah, definitely. And um, what I love most about that is I actually talked to Alice Burke this afternoon before it dropped. I mean, we, we pretty much had a good laugh about her going to St Kilda. It wasn't confirmed yet. But, um, yeah, I was talking to her a few hours ago. So, um, yeah, great news for her. And Tani Brown's just a, an elite talent. So she'll be great for the Pies. And, I mean, Amy Smith, obviously, I don't know a great deal about her. That sort of popped up as a bit of a surprise. But it's great great for her to get a, a, a gig. And, obviously, didn't go the way she would have hoped this year. But, um, yeah, obviously, North has seen something in her. So it'll be great to see her go. Yeah, she's a cross-coder coming across to Aussie Rules after a season with Abafaldi in 2019 in the uh, EDFL, where she was ripping it up there. So it's, it's great to see that Sean Smith's daughter will be running around in the AFLW, particularly when you think of not just for, for the career that Sean had at AFL men's level, but the involvement that Sean Smith actually had in women's football going back over a number of years. He was a head coach at Berwick, then he was a head coach at the St Kilda Sharks, both in the uh, VWFL, and then of course uh, was recently an assistant down at Richmond. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's great to see those um, uh, the family ties in there. I mean, it's one of the best things about the boys. It's one of the best things now about the girls that have come in. And I also love that you don't need to have played 100 games uh, in the in the men's to have it. you just got to play the game. And um, Look, it's just a fantastic way to introduce some of the, the daughters in there, and particularly like Tani Brown, as we're an example. Look, both her brothers are playing um, AFL, so that's a great story in itself, being able to have that whole family within the one sort of environment and a roof. And look, it's just, it's a great story. And I love, um, yeah, when, when players can go and follow in their uh, fathers and, and in the future, their mother's uh, footsteps. Let's have a look at the Adelaide Crows as we go club by club in alphabetical order of um, who needs uh, what coming out of the draft. The Crows will go in only with two picks. That is pick four and uh, pick 45. Pardon me, a third pick as well. Uh, the fourth round selection, which is currently pick 48. So the two latter picks... The early pick, you would suggest they're going to go with a gun, young midfielder, as you would um, normally early in the draft. Later on, they can gamble a bit. Um, looking at the list and the players that they let go, they let go a fair bit of experience through retirement. Courtney Cramie, Jess Foley, Courtney Gum, Sophie Lee. Um, Roos Wallace is obviously retired as well. Um, you've got players that play a lot of the defensive side of the ball. They did manage to pick up the likes of, of Sedmary, who can, is a midfielder but can go back. Um, um, Lisa Whiteley will slip nicely into the back line. So you're probably looking at, I'm suggesting probably a halfback flanker that uh, that the Crows might be on the lookout for that can play midfield. The other interesting thing is, as they go into ladder picks, they might be looking for a key position forward because you've got to consider that the likes of Aaron Phillips is getting old and we don't know how many more years Aaron Phillips is going to have in her. Well, see, the thing that I love the most about what you said there Pete, is you've described three of the four players that they've got combine invites for. So um, makes it very, very easy. Look, first pick, um, no-brainer, Tia Charlton. Um, elite talent. She In an open draft, she'd be top 10 without a doubt, probably top five where she is. So they're getting her for value there. It's, it's not like they have to pick her early or anything like that. They're definitely getting her for value at, at, at that high pick. And look, she's a mid-forward, elite in the air, great at ground level, just so classy, knows where the goals are. She's just a fantastic uh, talent all round and 
for the later two picks, look, you've got um, Indy Tahor, who I think will be probably their next pick, and obviously it's a fair way down. She's a key forward, still very raw, probably will take a, maybe a season, although she has been playing senior footy. So, But, um, yeah, she, she's also really athletic for her size. She's sort of that mid-170s to almost 180, um, really good overhead. She's got a lot of future talent. And then you look and you see... Amber Ward, who's that key position defender. Look, she can push up the ground and play through there as well, but certainly um, her best role is at that halfback and she's able to um, take a lot of intercept marks. Looking across to the Brisbane Lions, they go in with picks 8, 37 and 38 as part of the draft. They picked up uh, one recruit uh, through the whole trade period, Taylor Smith, out of the Gold Coast. Ariana Clark retired, Hannah Hillman uh, and Brianna McFarlane both delisted. I go across their list, maybe one tall they might be looking at, but I I suggest they're in a position to go with some young midfielders because they're pretty much a settled side. Yeah, no, Brisbane are a team that, um, yeah, are quite quite like. I think they've got a huge future. And look, um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how both these clubs draft uh, because obviously they've got some academy prospects and they've also got some, um, I guess, uh, established players within that system uh, up, up in the Quaffle uh, women's competition. So, I mean, look, for Brisbane, I reckon you look at Zimali Farquharson, who is a key forward, um, absolute unbelievable turn of speed, so good in the air, great mark. Um, knows where the goals are, similar to, to that Charlton. Very, still very raw, but she's been playing at the championships for probably that three, four years. Um, look, she's just someone who, she's almost like that Roxy Rue, not quite the same build, like she's skinnier and um, and whatnot. And she's, she's not as, I guess, stocky. She loves to move. She's very athletic, but she can really, like, turn a game with her ability to just take a huge mark and kick an amazing goal. So she's definitely one that I'd have right up there. And and then you look at Chloe Gregory, who's another one, another young midfielder from that um, academy there. And she's one that could really, they could look at. Um, if they look at someone who's maybe got a bit more experience, you've got Courtney Bromage there, who was Carlton VFLW co-captain. She's still only 21. She had a terrific game on the weekend in the grand final for Yuronga. Um, You know, there, there's quite a few coming through there. And and then you've got Madison Goodwin, who's a, who's a forward, who's been in some great form, uh, very clever up there. So... I mean, from a Brisbane perspective, they've got quite a few running around. Let's go across to the Carlton Football Club, who were uh, very active um, during the trade period. Uh, they saw players go out and come in. They picked up Charlotte Hamlins from the Gold Coast, Matty Gurren and Aliso Day. The question is, will Gurren be back in time, considering her ACL from uh, from the 2020 season? Um, they've let go uh, Sarah Hosking to Richmond. Jade Van Dyke's gone to St Kilda. And uh, delisted Doonan, Harrison, Whiting and Emerson Woods. Looking on that list, and also considering if Gurren's going to be back in time, you think that A, they probably want one more solid defender, and B, I think they need a little bit more speed to add to their list. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think uh, when I was chatting to some players through the week, um, that there was one who sort of let it slip that Carlton had been interested in them with, with a fair bit of speed, so it, it's going to be interesting. I think that's exactly what they're sort of targeting, maybe someone who's got a, a, a fair chunk of speed. Now, obviously, they come in um, a little later uh, in the draft, if, you, if you're looking at your Victorians, not Super late, obviously, but if you compare it to the, the the elite handful up there, they're sort of in that seventh pick. So it's going to be interesting to see who's left. Um, uh, I, I think if it comes to, if they want a mix of both, you've got Ash Snow who's in there, who's a running defender mid. They could probably get her a bit later in the draft potentially. But um, look, there's two genuine key position defenders who 
you know, are quite athletic and can play up the ground. Sarah Hartwig's probably the, the first pick there, and Zoe Hill as well is another one. They're both great interceptors, able to play there. Um, Izzy Pritchard is another one who can play in defence all through the midfield, um, just so talented. So I think there's quite a bit there. And then if you're looking at the uh, outside speed, you could look at like an Abby Jordan from the Stingray. She's got great speed and, and tackling pressure. And then you've got Joe Lynn and, and Daisy Walker as others who use the ball so well and can move it. And, and then that's not to forget Mimi Hill. So she's got some great skill and, and speed as well that would fit right in there. Collingwood is going to have a bunch of picks around about uh, round two and three in the draft and a pick uh, back in the fourth round. So they're going to be looking for value players, those that have been overlooked in the first round that they can try and fill out their side with. And they've made a number of moves, and we'll talk about where everybody slots in. Now, first of all, they got a tall out of um, Collingwood, Abby Green. Uh, by those that have been watching her out of Tasmania, uh, when she ran around for North Melbourne, they said she was a very good talent, but they're worried about her injuries. Uh, she's coming into the side essentially, to um, replace uh, Eliza Hines, who retired. Um, Alicia Newman's going to bring a bit more speed into their side, and Imogen Purcell they picked up as a cross-code uh, rookie. Um, they had to let go some uh, forward power in Sarah, Dar- Sarah Darcy. She's gone off to Richmond. Um, Katie Lynch has gone out to the Western Bulldogs. Sarah Dargan's gone. Kayla Ben-Velzen has retired. Emma Grant has retired as well. Michaelia Roberts, who never got out in the park, retired. Uh, Georgia Goulet is delisted. So you you look at their list and you think, okay, so even though they picked up a small forward, maybe you're wondering, do they need a taller target down there? I know Chloe Malloy, who was in the back line of Stephen Simon, started getting moved further up the ground. Is there value around the second round to try and find a key position forward for the Magpies? And, of course, with Malloy going forward, it means you've got to fill a hole in the back line as well. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Like I, I think with the back line, look, you could be looking at Zoe Hill around those picks. She might be there, but again, depends how many other clubs are looking for a key position defender. Sarah Hartwig will be off the board by then. So you realistically, uh, if you're looking for a key defender, that's where you're looking at. Um, I, I'd say Izzy Pritchard will also be off the board, so that won't be any good. Uh, if you're looking in terms of key position forward, look, um, one who got uh, invited this year to a combine, who I thought was very unlucky not to get drafted last year, was Nakia Weber, who's one of the best kicks you'll you'll see. She can penetrate more than 50 metres easily. She's a key position forward. I anticipate would be there uh, at those picks. Uh, Abby Maloney's another one for Sandringham Dragons. Had a really good season, and she really improved on her uh, middle-age years, so she's someone who might be there around the Pies pick. Um, one interesting person I think that's worth raising that I think will be there uh, is a girl by the name of Isabella Simmons. Now, she's uh, she's out from Portion Way, so she's a country kid, and She's a, a Pies fan as well. So Matthew Pies fan, um, she's 184 centimetres, but she can play as a wing as well as a key position forward. So that's just how athletic she is. Um, she could go in the ruck if they really wanted her to because she's got the height, but she's so athletic she can play on the wing, play at half forward. She's just absolutely terrific. And um, and if they do end up going a little smaller um, and adding that extra little bit of firepower, there's Renee Salidas, who's another rebel and... Um, Bella Eddy is another one from the Sandringham Dragons if she's there. But um, it's going to be quite interesting to see what they do uh, in terms of the keys because there's not a great deal of key position um, group around there, although there's some that can play at that size. 
Fremantle Dockers have got a first round pick, a second round pick and a fourth round pick uh, coming into this draft on Tuesday, October 6th. Uh, Taylor Breslin, a defender, has left to go across to the rivals, West Coast Eagles, while they delisted Mirai Clifford, Sarah Garston and Lyndall Road and Kate Flood. Uh, their Irishwoman is unavailable to come out for 2021. They picked up uh, Tani Tester, West Coast delisted free agent, and they picked up Jess Trend, who's relocating from Victoria. She was on North Melbourne's list. She's going across to WA. Uh, Trend, as much as she can play midfield, was more used in a defensive role at North Melbourne. That means she's going to take over the Breslin slot nicely. As we said, Fremantle were just cruising along um, in the AFLW 2020 until everything stopped due to the coronavirus. Essentially, from here, everything's a bonus for Fremantle. Um, they just have to go through the, the best of the WA crop that's left over that West Coast hasn't picked up and just say, we'll, we'll, we'll select you. Pick one's really, uh, pardon me, the, their first round pick, their 14 overall, is really the action pick of who is going to be the best youngster available that West Coast hasn't grabbed. And then after that, everything's a bonus. Yeah, and it's very interesting because uh, it'll be very. I'm very keen to see how West Coast deal with that pick three because um, Fremantle Sarah Verrier is the highest probably rated talent in that group, and um, she's obviously they're hoping she'll be there at um, 14 if they can. Michaela Morrison, someone who's got high upside that uh, I'll allude to later that West Coast could well choose for that first pick. Um, but Fremantle, look, they've got Sarah Verrier and they've also got Bella Lewis, uh, who I alluded to being on our podcast earlier, uh, who are both those sort of really attacking mids. Um, Bella Lewis can also play a bit forward. She's really fierce at the footy. Um, great like great speed, able to close down on opponents really easily. Very is just a fantastic kick. She can play inside, outside, uses her so well. Has had the injury concerns, which is probably realistically the only knock on her. Hasn't been able to get consistency into her game, but um, in terms of her ability, uh, she's fantastic. So I definitely think those two are the standouts from those who have come from the Freo Academy. But then if you look at those who are in that West Coast group, you've got Michaela Morrison and um, another one, Shanae Davison, who um, was a really late bloomer, um, got invited to the Academy and she's got better and better this season, had a great mark earlier in the season and just so clean. Both Davison and uh, Morrison are so clean at ground level, even on wet days. So they're just a couple of great talents that I think you've got to really uh, pay attention to and watch out for. We're chatting with Peter Williams, the chief editor at Draft Central, as we look through uh, some of the prospects that your club might be looking to pick up in the AFLW Draft this Tuesday, 6th of October. For the Geelong Football Club, now they've got four draft picks coming in. They've got a first rounder and three uh, second rounders. Uh, players that have left the club include Melissa Hickey and Anna Teague. Both have retired. Cassie Blakeway and Gemma Wright have been delisted. Kate Darby will miss the season uh, due to pregnancy. Congratulations to Kate. She should be back hopefully for the 2022 season. So th- that makes an interesting thought because when when Hickey and Teague went, you go instantly and, and right as well, you go, okay, priority number one, they've got to find some defenders. They've lost a bit of experience, but they've got to find some solid defenders. Now that Kate Darby it will be missing the season, that all of a sudden puts a, an interesting equation in there of, okay, do we also need a tall forward to make up for the loss of Derby so therefore McWilliams doesn't have to shoulder the burden in the forward 50? Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, with what Geelong do. Obviously, they have that pick five um, sitting there, so that's going to be... I'm interested to see whether they do that. Now, one interesting prospect to keep an eye on uh, is Maggie Carris, who's 
uh, obviously the sister of Wren. Um, now, of course, she plays predominantly rough, but, um, you know, could play forward if need be or, or as another developing pool. Um, if you're looking at the Falcons, look, Darcy Maloney uh, is probably the top pick, uh, in my opinion there. Look, she's a, a nice, speedy outside midfielder, can play half forward, um, got a bit of talent. Uh, Laura Gardner's another one who's inside mid. Um, in terms of the key positions, uh, we've sort of touched on them. Look, Sarah Hartley might be there if they did opt to go for another defender um, at that pick, at pick five, I'd say possibly. Um, uh, and key position forward, they've got a few more options there. I would say Alyssa Bannon, who's, in my opinion, the top key position player, is probably off the board. Um, Olivia Barber's probably the next one that will be there. So she's one that I think if you're looking for a key forward from Murray Bush Rangers, great hands, basketball background. Um, yeah, just a, an elite con- contested mark, you know, can hit the scoreboard regularly. I think she's the one you sort of look at. Um, but certainly, yeah, a lot of the Geelong Falcons in that sense are uh, more of your smaller types that are coming through. So it, it will be interesting to see what way they end up going with that. The Gold Coast Suns, as they come into this draft, uh, saw Charlotte Hammonds move down to Victoria. Taylor Smith cross over to Brisbane, and they delisted uh, Brewer, Hamilton, uh, Roberts, Thorne, and uh, Wap Farah. We should mention that the Gold Coast Suns do have uh, preferential access to the NT draft pool, should any NT players nominate. Janet Baird's been one of the names that have been thrown around a bit. Um, for the recruits, they did pick up Ali Drennan out of St Kilda, a great athletic footballer who will be a, a very nice addition to their mix. They're going to have uh, draft picks uh, seven, so a first-round draft pick, a second-round draft pick, and a fourth-round selection. May I suggest that the fourth-round selection is going to be Sarah Perkins, who's nominated for the Queensland draft. I see her going to the Gold Coast Suns and giving them a key forward target. That means it's essentially two youngsters that they're looking at for their first and second-round pick. Yeah, and and look, they've got more than enough. The two, uh, for me, that stand out, uh, uh, Madison Levi, uh, Bond University. Look, she's a key forward, uh, really good overhead, great mark. Um, uh, and then you look at Daisy Darcy, who's um, a midfielder with elite endurance. And when we're talking elite endurance, um, we're talking, uh, if we're talking pure meterage of how much she did in the preseason, it's the equivalent of those who know the, the uh, testing from the ACFA when they announce them. It's a 22.1. So she has endurance that is beyond ridiculous. Um, so she can run all day. Um, great uh, midfielder, you know, just wins the ball, um, can play multiple roles. So she's definitely one there that I think you've got to look at. And then you got uh, look at another one similar in Anise Bradfield, who's um, out at Southport. You know, she's just a, a similar talent that can play through there. Um, and then Beth Pynchon's one, who I think is very interesting, had a few injuries over her career. She's a top-age defender, played in the uh, uh, grand final on the weekend, unfortunately losing side for Cool and Gatter, but defender, good intercept mark, um, can run off. So someone who I think will be quite interesting to watch. And the other one's her cool and get a teammate, Ebony Peterson. So all of them uh, are a part of the Gold Coast Academy as well. So they've had a, a good look at them over the years or, or they could spoil the party for Brisbane and, and look at Zim Farquharson if they, if they choose to. So it's going to be very, very interesting.
The Greater Western Sydney Giants come into the draft with a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and a uh, fourth-round pick. Um, they did pick up one recruit, and that is Catherine Smith out of Melbourne. Good old Smitty, who will be returning after an ACL injury. Um, they lost Lisa Whiteley, who's gone across to Adelaide. Ali Brush is unavailable due to Matilda's commitments. Maggie Gorman and Ingrid Nilsson have uh, both retired. Um, so Smitty will easily fit into the back line, uh, replacing that uh, Whiteley role. Uh, I guess now they're looking at maybe one good midfielder, if they can add that to their uh, mix, and then possibly um, someone up forward. Um, but otherwise, the, the, the Greater West... Or maybe two midfielders, actually, when I when I sit down and look at their list quietly, you probably want a little bit more help there for Eva in the middle of the ground. When you've got to consider, it's actually not listed there, but Amanda Ferrugia retired during the off-season, pre-season, heading into the 2021 season. So two good midfielders. I guess that's probably straight cab off the rank. Who are the best two out of New South Wales that can fit into this GWS side straight from the get-go? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting because uh, a fair few of them are probably still developing youngsters. They're probably not at the same level that, um, for example, uh, you know, your Elise Parkers was, but they've still got a lot of talent that they can build. Uh, Jade Hamilton's one, an inside midfielder, uh, one of four from the Queensland League, uh, sorry, the Canberra League that, um, you know, that really stands out. Look, she's an inside mid, the sister of uh, Lexi, who was uh, up on the Gold Coast, completely different player, surprised me when she told me. Um, she's a small inside mid, where, of course, Lexi was that taller forward. So, um, look, she just attacks the ball, uh, loves the contest, real great inside mid. She might be one of the more, probably the most ready-made of the lot. Um, and then if you look, Tani Evans is a, is a key position forward who can, um, so good above her head, can roll through the midfield if need be. Got enough athleticism there, she can do that. Abby Favell from the Murray Bush Rangers, she's going to be one that's interesting. Obviously played at NAB League, but she's up. Uh, New South Wales way, so it'll be interesting to see where she nominates for. Uh, and then you've got Emily Peace, who's another one, a defender uh, who has been doing a lot of inside midfield work. So whether that's a incentive from the Giants this year. And then the fifth one who got invited to the combine was Kiara Beasley from the Southern Power, who's a former acrobat, which is a little bit different. Uh, raw talent, been playing through the midfield and now up forward. So a bit of a, a roughie there, but um, we know how much they loved it when they picked up Maggie Gorham last year. Uh, in the draft, which was a bit of a surprise compared to some of the ones who've come through the complete pathway. So, look, there's a lot of Canberra talent there, and it's uh, it's great to see. Been playing for a while, sweet kicks. Because footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football. If you're getting ready for the trial. Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football.
You're listening to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's Digital Radio Channel Carnival. We're chatting with Peter Williams, the Chief Editor at Draft Central. Visit them online, afl.draftcentral.com.au and find the Final Siren Podcast wherever you get your podcasts where you can hear in-depth their look at uh, state-by-state the uh, players that you should be keeping an eye out for and what they bring to the table and interviews with the players as well are available at afl.draftcentral.com.au. The Melbourne Football club are going to be the busiest team when it comes to the draft. They have got seven selections. They had one recruit during the uh, sign and trade period. That was Lauren McGee. We spoke to her last week. She's come out of Ireland. She should be arriving sometime in December uh, with her speed. No doubt she'll be run through the midfield, but their defence has got a hole as big as the Grand Canyon. They have lost. Calden to Richmond, uh, Jacketson to St Kilda, uh, Smith to GWS. Uh, Camp has been delisted. Gurren, who didn't get to play due to an ACL, like Smith last year, has gone to Carlton. Aliso Day, midfielder, gone to Carlton. A small forward in Alicia Newman, gone to Collingwood. Defence, absolute priority, immediately followed by needing something up forward, because even when you take Newman out of the equation, you technically got to take Perkins out of the equation, who was handy for them as an injury replacement at the uh, back half of the season and that first final where they beat GWS. Yeah, certainly. And this is why I said I don't think Sarah Hartwig will be available at the other pick because I think this is the pick Melbourne have to pull the trigger. Um, I think that she suits their list need perfectly. Look, she's clearly the best key position defender in the Victorian crop. I think she'll be the one that they uh, have a look at. Uh, the other option that I had for them was particularly Alyssa Bannon, who's the top key position forward, um, simply because I think that that's the, that's the other need, as you sort of alluded to, that they... Um, would like. It'll just all depend on what Western Bulldogs end up doing with their second selection because I, I, there's a midfield there, uh, Tiana Smith, who if Bulldogs end up going, because they've tended to go for Knights a lot lately, end up going for someone like a Bannon or, or um, potentially Hartwig, uh, they may have to consider Tiana Smith if she's on the board. She is a midfielder, but an absolute elite talent. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens if uh, say Deanna Smith and one of the key position players fall through because yeah it's, it's going to be a tough decision to make but I think courses for courses I think they've got to go Hartwig um, and then look you can get some of the other midfielders down the track as, as you sort of said they've they've got that many picks um, they've got you know the next one sort of that nine in the Victorian draft so you're going to get a great player and then 11 so you could probably gamble and get a couple of really good midfielders down the track uh, depending on who you're looking at like um, as we sort of said, Jess Fitzgerald's one they might consider there. Great outside midfielder, someone who's got a lot of class. Mimi Hill, we mentioned a bit earlier, she's fantastic. Um, if you're looking at sort of getting some extra speed up forward, I've sort of already touched on Isabella Simmons. Um, Isabella Eddy is one I think that they might take a look at. She's a small forward with um, X factor and, and just so classy, kick either foot, no problems whatsoever. Um, and then if you're looking in the defence, I mean, there's not a heap of defensive options. As I sort of said, there's Hartwig, there's Zoe Hill. Um, and then you can look, uh, Izzy Pritchard is one I think that they might pounce on. She can play as a rebounding defender and push into the mid. So I think if they can get Hartwig and, and Pritchard, then they've got their defence really for the future, which would be great to see. And look, a few names to keep an eye on maybe for some of those late. If you've got Gemma Fing, Mina Kendall and Amber McAuliffe, who are all developing uh, players who have come through the midfield at times, but predominantly settled in defence, particularly Kendall and Michaela, who have um, really run into that role and, and played quite well. 
For the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos, they picked up Grace Campbell during the side and trade period from uh, Richmond, um, who's a, a great fit into their midfield. Probably will replace the Jess Trent type, who has uh, gone to Fremantle. Abby Green Tall has gone to Collingwood. Taylor Mercedes has retired. Haynes, uh, both uh, Chloe and Libby, uh, Emma Humphreys and Mairead Schoeger have all been delisted. They'll go in with a first rounder, a second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder uh, into this. So four picks for the uh, North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. Looking at who they've let go, they're a bunch of smalls, so you'll be thinking they'll be looking at a small midfielder straight off the bat to slip into the side. Um, looking at one of their latter picks, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go with a project ruck player because you're thinking Emma King, okay, she should be the, the ruck for North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos, but they love to play it down in the forward line. Uh, they'll usually use Randall in the ruck. They can pinch hit with Vivian Saad, has been proven at Melbourne University in the VFLW. So I guess that's one thing to keep an eye out. Not only a gun, small midfielder, but when you think about later round project players, particularly at all, who could be picked up by the Kangaroos. Yeah, well, it's funny because at the start of the episode, we talked about the only Tasmanian prospect, the, uh, the 181-centimetre uh, developing ruck from Wynyard in, uh, obviously, Charlie Vandenberg. Now, that, that screams that for me because, obviously, you know, the Tasmanian link and everything like that, project player, um, literally was playing hockey up until the start of the year, uh, only really played school footy, got invited to the Devils and got in. Didn't get to play a game in the end at all, so hasn't played any NAB League footy or any footy outside of school footy, so fits the project perfectly. Uh, in terms of the midfielders, look, I think there's quite a bit of uh, good outside talent. Look, we know Tani Brown's probably the best, but she's going to be off the board. So look, they might consider, they might look at Darcy Maloney if she's available. They might look at an Abby Jordan, who's got some great pace, Joanna Lynn, uh, Daisy Walker's another one. If they go for immediate experience slot straight in, Luca Lazowski Hay got an invite. Um, so that's someone who could they, they could look at. Um, we've sort of mentioned Mimi Hill a few times, but you can look at uh, that kind of uh, player. Maeve Chaplin's another one from the Northern Knights and, and Jeff Fitzgerald as well. Look, I, I, I definitely think Fitzgerald would be one in their, in their radar, but certainly there's quite a lot with good speed there. So I think Fitzgerald, Maloney and um, potentially Hill are those that they're looking at in that earlier order. To the Richmond Football Club, boy, do they need to improve after uh, the 2020 disaster that saw them uh, end up with the wooden spoon, them get rid of a coach. And as we speak, they still officially haven't announced who their coach is for the 2021 season. Um, the recruits they did manage to pick up, they picked up uh, Corner from Melbourne, Darcy and Dargan from Collingwood and Hosking. That's Sarah Hosking from Carlton. Uh, they let go Grace Campbell to the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos and uh, they saw the retirement of Ella Wood, Lauren Tessieriero and uh, Laura Bailey. Uh, Butler, Fitzgerald and Horn were all delisted. Looking at those names, okay, they've, they've fixed a little bit of their back line. Um, Dargan and Darcy in the forward line is going to help them somewhat. These questions over the midfield, I know they keep wanting to run Katie Brennan through the midfield. She's better in the forward line. For me, I look at their pick one as in best midfielder, particularly one that's an inside midfielder, would be their number one pick that they've got to take at the start of the draft. When you look at the picks at the back end of the draft, the fourth and fifth rounder, it's a case of whatever's left on the table. Take your choosing. Essentially, who's going to be the number one draft pick? Who's going to have their face all over the back page of the paper? Yeah, look, I think it'll be uh, Ali McKenzie in the end. Look, she's um, she's a terrific talent. She's clearly the standout player, I think, across the three years that we've that 
been at that NAB League level. She's, you know, an inside midfielder, so tough, but she's also got the athleticism enough that she can go on five, six, seven-bounce runs. Um, she's been one that's been touted as a top pick for a long time. Could have got drafted at 16, to be honest. She, she's been ready-made. She'll play round one. If she's fit, she'll play every single game. No problems there. Um, definitely, you, you're going to see the same impact that you see for Chris Parkers. And to be honest, she's probably more ready-made than Chris Parkers, which kind of gives you an idea of just how good this um, player could be. Like, she's just unbelievable. Good size, too. She's in the mid-170s. So, um, yeah, so, so strong, hard to move. Um, yeah, she's just going to be an absolute elite talent. So I definitely think she's um, that number one pick. The only other option that I think that they would consider is Tiana Smith, who uh, a little bit lighter build, so that's probably why I think they'll go with Mackenzie, but she just barely has a weakness. Like, honestly, she's um, able to play inside, outside, uh, elite speed, probably got the best speed of pretty much anyone in the Victorian crop. Um, great kicking, great footy IQ, able to play multiple positions. Um, she'd be the other one that you can sit up, but I think that they'll probably go with Ali McKenzie with that pick one. Just She's been touted as that for a long time, and I think she fits their needs perfectly. To the St Kilda Football Club, this is probably the trickiest side when it comes to the draft. I'll explain in a moment's time. Uh, the recruits they picked up, uh, Bianca Jacobson and Jade Van Dyke, who both slot very neatly into their defence, both quality footballers. Um, Emma Mackey, Courtney Mudd have both retired. Jess Henry went back to Adelaide. Alison Drennan's gone up to the Gold Coast. Johnson, Kai and O'Neill have uh, all been uh, delisted. Um, their picks, they've got a first rounder, a couple of second rounders, I think a third rounder and a fourth rounder it's very tricky to find out what the Saints are going for because they are generally one of the most even sides in the competition when I look at their forward line you go okay what what are they going to have to try and fix there yeah they've got Greiser up forward who's going to be absolutely sensational for them the G train everybody loves it maybe maybe a little more help in the forward line when you're looking at a mid-sized forward maybe um, when you look through the midfielder they've got Got heaps of uh, people to run through there. You've got Georgia Patrikios, who was absolutely sensational in her debut year. Um, you, you throw in the lights of Nat Exxon, who's got the experience. Tilly Lucas Rod, who does the um, uh, does the tagging work. It's it's a very difficult side to try and find where to fill the hole because mm. Pete, Pete Sill deliberately, when you go all the way back to when she coached Darabin to five flags in a row, deliberately picks sides where you can move the chess pieces everywhere around the board and you, you, you find you struggle to pigeonhole a player. Yeah, yeah. And I think St Kilda are in a really good position because they know they can force the hand, particularly of Melbourne, who's got some pretty early picks. They, they can just sit there and go, all right, let's see what you're going to pick. As I said, we sort of mentioned just before, Ali McKenzie to Richmond. Um, and then there's three players there, uh, Tiana Smith, Alyssa Bannon, and Sarah Hartwig. Now, I think they're going to take whoever's left over out of those three. So they're going to pretty much go, all right, what are you going to offer us? Uh, who's going to be left? Um, I mean, it depends what the Bulldogs will do. I think they're going to be quite interesting to see whether they go for, for Tiana Smith, who I think that's who should be at that pick or whether they go for the taller player in Bannon, who can also play through the midfield. Um, but on St Kilda, I think if Tiana Smith is there, it will be the steal of the century because she should not make it past pick two. Um, she's just an absolute elite talent, um, as I sort of touched on just before. Great speed, um, able to do just about anything. She'll be a great talent there. If they do go with tall forward, if Bannon's the one that's left over, 
I think that she can be great. She can also play through the midfield if need be. They played her a bit there for ninth this year, but she's a predominantly a key forward, but can play as a small forward. She's got better speed than a lot of uh, smaller players, so she's one I think you've got to count on there. Um, and then the other one, as we sort of touched on, uh, Sarah Hartwig, if she was available, I think given the lack of uh, key position defenders in there, they could break a few hearts by taking her there. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, there's so many players, but I think that group that I sort of mentioned is that top group. Uh, of course, you've got Alice Burke to consider. She's got to come in there, and I think that she'll be that, uh, so that second pick that they've got. I think that's where the bid will come in. If she makes it to that third pick, then they've got a bargain. I think if she's that second pick, I think that's about right for her value, so they've done very well there. Um, and if she makes it past that uh, second pick, then yeah, they've, they've got an absolute ripping value there. Across to the West Coast, Eagles are a peculiar case because they go into the draft a bit like Richmond without a coach because Luke Dwyer has decided to step away from his role owing to the COVID-19 situation and uh, obviously having to focus his interests uh, elsewhere. Um, the West Coast Eagles have recruited Ashley McCarthy, who's going to give some run and carry for them in the midfield. Taylor Breslin is going to help out in defence. Uh, they have let go uh, Bosner and Radden. Uh, they have both retired. Uh, Kate Bartlett, uh, Cassie Davidson, uh, Emily Maguire, uh, Piscaroni and uh, Tester have all been delisted. They will have pick three, 18-32. So some action early in the draft for the West Coast Eagles. When I look at their side, particularly after Radden left, uh, I go and when you've got Chantella Pereira as well, who's um, in her second season of AFLW, but she's in her mid-30s, if I'm correct. So you're not expecting too much uh, years out of uh, Pereira at the West Coast Eagles. Plus, you've got to consider they've got a couple of older players in there as well who they picked up in their first year to try and, um, I guess, have some experience to carry them through the foundation years. I'd suggest they're looking for an experienced key position defender to to kick off with, Um, besides obviously adding to the midfield, which they could probably do with their second pick because they managed to get McCarthy from the Bulldogs for free and then pick 32, probably pick up someone in the forwards. Yeah, I'm quite interested to see what they end up doing because there's there's no, uh, let's say, younger key uh, position defenders sort of floating around that have got those combine invites. So I, I suspect by that they may look to go for some experience. Maybe someone from one of the other um, gr- uh, groups that got a combine invite decided they'll uh, head west. That's possible. Or they might go for someone completely experienced. Um, I think that when it comes to their top-end picks, uh, they know that there aren't a great deal of calls anyway going around, so I think that they're probably going to go for, for best available in that scenario. Uh, they've got Michaela Morrison, who I think will probably be their first pick. They've got a lot of even um, players there. Sinead Davidson's a high flyer, which we touched on earlier in the podcast. Uh, you know, so she can play forward mid, so can Michaela Morrison, so clean. Um, we've got the Hyde twins, Michaela Hyde and Brianna Hyde, who are also uh, forwards who have sort of transformed into mid. You've got Maggie McLaughlin, who uh, kicked a couple of goals in a, in a loss for the Waffle Women's Grand Final. She's at Subiaco, marking forward. Um, you've got Alice Smith, who's a ready-made midfielder. They come through, and uh, we've already touched on Berrier and, and Lewis, who are great uh, great talents through there. The, the main key position talent is probably you're looking at your Rosie Walsh from East Fremantle, who just turned 20 this year, but she's really come on in leaps and bounds. Um, you know, had an absolute ripping game kick, 11 goals won in the reserves in round one this year uh, as a late bloomer to the program. And they went, that's enough of you. You're into senior straight away. So she's a key position option, um, but again, up the forward end. So it's going to be quite an interesting draft. It means that 
if they do go for that key position defender, I suspect it's probably a mature ager who's just floating around in the Waffle Women's. Finally, the Western Bulldogs, they come in with plenty of action. Three early picks in the draft. Uh, they picked up Katie Lynch from Collingwood. Uh, they lost McCarthy to the West Coast Eagles. Munyard went home to uh, Adelaide. And Nicole Cullinan retired. So instantly, they're going to have to pick up um, a defender, a mid-sized defender to replace Nicole Cullinan to add to their side. Um, obviously, as well, they're looking for a key forward in my pick because if, if I was to look at the Bulldogs side, if I was coaching them, I'd want my Isabel Huntington at full forward. But they liked running Huntington instead of centre-half back. They used Bonnie too good in the forward line. When too good went down, that was a big problem for them. McLeod, they were trying to use as a forward target. For me, McLeod is kind of your, your traditional forward pocket. It chips in with one or two goals. You can't actually rely upon her for consistent output. Danny Marshall got thrown in the forward line as a bit of a fix. It, it's so weird that a side that you normally associate with height, at least for the first couple of seasons with the AFLW, actually do have a height problem right now. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as I touched on earlier, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen because at the end of the day, uh, the Bulldogs having that pick two, do you pick the best player at that pick or do you go for size? Um, look, there's definitely no, nothing wrong with going for Alyssa Bannon, who I think that they would select with that uh, pick. So I think that they're definitely considering As I said, I think Tiana Smith probably the second best player in the draft. But if you, you need that key forward, you know you're probably not going to get it um, down the track, then you could go uh, with Bannon. But then again, because you've got that sort of pick 11 uh, or pick 6 in the in the Victorian draft, you could potentially go Tiana Smith as that best available standout talent at two. And then you could go and look and go, right, well, okay, maybe Bannon won't be available, but we can go and get um, one of the other key position forwards that are floating around, uh, you know, like your Liv Barber or someone like that that might be able to fit into that uh, group. She's certainly... Uh, She's a terrific talent, and I think that she would be there. The only risk would be if Geelong decided to snatch her up, but otherwise I think that she'd be there at their pick. So I think that that's the option they go. They either go a Bannon, and then whether they pick up a, uh, a Fitzgerald or whether they opt for a Deanna Smith and then a, potentially a Barber there to fit, fix those woes. But look, I, I think that we've shown, obviously, uh, Berkey last year sort of showed that uh, he was willing to a couple teams together and that could well mean he picked a lot of a few nights last year and he could well look and go all right we'll go with Bannon and then just Fitzgerald and then you've got two more nights to add to the group and and they've got that cohesion coming through so it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bulldogs do because they're honestly I think they're in the best position you know Melbourne have got a heap of picks but I think the Bulldogs are in a great position the way they sit I'm really looking forward to seeing how they draft It'll be interesting to see if Berkey stays with his philosophy of just going with the best under-18 talent available because there's one player at the moment on the table that I haven't mentioned when I've talked about all the sides, and this is a wild card, as I call it. And it's not even talking about Perkins, who's gone to Queensland, who we believe Gold Coast will get rather than Brisbane. Uh, I'll, I'll put our name out there for you. Georgia Nanscorn. Now, Georgia Nanscorn in 2018 was on the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos list. Uh, Played a game. Hardly could get much more football because it was a stacked midfield. In 2019, she played uh, in the VFLW with Essendon. Won their club BNF. Absolutely outstanding. We all thought she was going to nominate for the 2019 AFLW draft. And she said, no, I'm not ready in my preparation. We shocked everybody. She uh, She sat out that draft 
was getting ready to go again in 2020 for the Essendon and the VFLWs. We know the season got wiped out. She got invited to the draft combine. So therefore, you've got an ex-Olympian, an elite athlete, ready-made footballer for a midfield. I look at someone like Nanscorn, and I know Berkey won't take it, but I look at Nanscorn going, geez, if we were the Bulldogs, and if you've got maybe a questionable under-18 talent or Georgia Nanscorn, you'd think... Maybe it might be wise to get a little bit more experience after you've lost the experience head of Callanan and move her into the Bulldogs' midfield. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, because last year, obviously, um, there weren't too many mature ages picked in that sort of first to the top twenty. There were there were a couple, but not many. And the only um, the only standout was Gavalis going off to yeah. North Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. And and to be honest, if you ask me, uh, which team probably could use it the most, it, it would be North Melbourne, which would be. Obviously not going to happen, so it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it'll be the Bulldogs that pick her up, but you, you make a good point that you know they could do with the odd experience there. Um, but certainly a team that potentially maybe sees itself as um, a lot closer to the flag, like maybe they're looking this season they could do with an extra midfielder that can just come straight in and, and have an impact. And she's definitely on the board, obviously, to earn that spot without having played any footy. I know a few are in that board, but predominantly for the mature ages, as that sort of sole mature ager, there's a couple of 19-year-olds, but the sole mature ager, it certainly shows there's interest in her, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, Peter, thank you very much for joining us here at the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's Digital Radio Channel Carnival. We did say we were going to have you on for 10 minutes. We went a little bit longer than that. It's because you're the man with all the knowledge, and people can read about it. Again, afl.draftcentral.com.au. Again, for those that have just joined us, recap what they can read over the coming days as we count down to the draft on Tuesday, October 6th. Yeah, so we're... Working our way through features uh, of players, so um, we're going to end up with more than 80 features on the players. Predominantly, nearly nearly every player that's got a draft combine invite, you're going to hear it from their words. Obviously, we've chatted to them. Um, they've basically told their story. Uh, there's a few others that we've got in there as well that we've chatted to at different combines. So, look, there's going to be so much content coming out, um, and like you'll be able to hear it. Uh, uh, through our podcast, we'll have some of that uh, going up. We'll obviously have another one just before the draft, um, looking at where, what clubs might be able to do. Um, but certainly, if it comes to sort of features, we're going to have many up each day. I've got a fair bit of a backlog ready to go in, so I'm really excited to sort of keep bringing it. I'm talking to a few more tomorrow as well, so it's just great to talk to them. And I might just say that those players, there are so many terrific young people that are coming through. Like, it's not just good footballers. There are so many that... Um, are just so well spoken, so uh, so happy and excited to be in the in the female football pathway because there so many of them have said that they never had that chance originally. They're just excited. They can't wait. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're just ready to go. And I know personally, having now talked to so many of them on the phone, anyone who doesn't get picked up, I'm going to feel bad for because uh, they're just so terrific. I want them to all get picked up, but. Um, yeah, they've, they've just been such great ambassadors. And, I, yeah, I recommend you read some of their stories because they're such great people. And, um, yeah, they've got some awesome stories. AFL.draftcentral.com.au is the address you need to go to and to listen to the podcast series on AFLW. It's broken up into the various states and as well on uh, AFL Men's. For those that are following uh, that side of the game, go to the final Siren podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Peter, thanks again for being so generous with your time and joining us here on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast. Yeah, not a problem at all. Always enjoy it.
And that concludes the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival for yet another week. Don't forget this program is every Wednesday, 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time and then Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time once the flip happens right here. RSN Carnival is the channel on your digital radio in Melbourne or you can stream it online at rsn.net.au or via the app, which is the RSN Racing and Sport app. You just click on the Carnival tab or later on, you just download it as a podcast via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, the iHeartRadio website and app. Just Google search Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast. I'm Peter Holden. Until next week, it's bye for now.